testing. 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 There we go. Can you hear me now? Well, we're good to see those of you that come out tonight in this cold weather. Um, it appears winter is now here. It can go back where it came from as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> when, when I don't know, y'all, evidently y'all didn't, but uh, where I work Monday, we got a lot of snow. Fortunately, it was all melted off the road. It wasn't bad, but it was, we had a lot of white covered everything. <laughs> so anyway, the Lord's good, isn't he? We need the moisture and uh, I haven't seen a wet snow as wet as this was long time so it's good the Lord is always good to us and we just uh, want to always praise him and give him honor and glory every time that we uh, we think about it whether at home whether we're on in the car whether we're um, in church or just off by ourselves somewhere we always want to praise the Lord and give him honor and glory let's go to the Lord in prayer and begin our service tonight and just uh, first thank you Lord uh, again for coming but let's just invite the presence of the Lord here tonight Father God we come before you today to thank you, Lord, for this day, to thank you, Lord, for this week that we've had so far and for the week that's going, that we're going to have as this continues out till next Sunday because you're with us. You always watch over us. You always know what we have need of. And Father, you are so good and so faithful to meet the needs of our hearts and lives, Lord, that everything that we need is in there for life and for godliness is in you and in your presence, and we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do in this place tonight. We thank you, Lord, that you're going to anoint, that you're anointing already the worship, that you're anointing every part of this service, that your name is honored and glorified, and that souls are drawn to you, and people will come to know Jesus, the Savior and Lord of their life. Lives will be changed, lives will be heat up, bodies will be healed, and you will receive glory and honor for all that you're doing in our hearts and lives. Guide and direct us, Lord. Just help us to let go and let you have your way in our hearts and lives tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Those that can and will, let's stand together and worship the Lord and sing. Rick, we're going to skip to that second song, To the Heart of Worship. Holy Spirit makes changes sometimes, and sometimes He does it at the last minute, which He just did. Lord, is here tonight to worship Your holy name, Father. God, just open our hearts and our minds to be receptive of You, God.
Let's just take some time this evening to worship Him. His Holy Spirit is here. Whatever you came in with today, God is more than able. Sister Julie, would y'all keep singing that again? to strengthen us and encourage us for what's ahead of us and for what he wants and nothing could have fit what I want to try to get across in fact it made what I've got on my heart even better because of what the way she brought this and I just appreciate it can we just say thank you Lord and just give him the praise that he deserves amen thank you Lord thank you Lord you may be seated I'll be quite honest with you. There are times when I think because of, literally because of our faithfulness, God shows up just to say, hey, 
I like what you're doing. And I like how your heart is. And he just, I, I just sense just that, that it, was, it reminds me a lot of the service uh, we had after uh, we had communion the other Sunday, the other Sunday night, that service. Uh, that was just, that's one of those kind of services I just love to sit and keep my big mouth shut. Because you sense the presence of God. You sense his holiness. You sense his love and care and concern. And, and, and I sense that here tonight. Um, I'll be honest with you, I feel sorry for those who didn't make it. They're missing a bunch. And uh, hopefully the, the Lord can go through. The, I, was watching, I was watching that service again uh, later because I, I had been running the, the words back there and I wanted to see you know, what it come across like on, on the, when it's rebroadcast, you know, make sure I'm keeping up with Sister Julie when she's singing, you know, and then it, the people, if they're watching, can see that the words that are being sung and it fits, you know, goes along, you know, that it matches, you know, have you ever seen those times when they had the, uh, the they'd get the movies off and, you know, they'd, they'd be talking and then five seconds later, you'd hear what they said. <laughs> well, I just don't want to be that, that kind of person. When I run that, I want it to be, you know, right on time with the music and everything. Uh, uh, but you know, that was the Lord had moved that night. And I sat in my, in my house in front of my computer screen and I watched that and I experienced his presence all over again and it helped me to realize that what goes, what you and I hear, what you and I see, God is able to take that same spirit and that same feeling that we get and I don't know how he does it it's not none of my business because I'm not smart enough to know how but he puts that through and I know within reason that there are people that hear these messages that are preached from the par pulpit the songs that are sung and it touches their hearts and their lives I believe that with all I am and I thank him for that real quickly I want to get our announcements and then we'll get into uh, the word tonight do not forget uh, let me make sure I get all of these things correct. Uh, this coming Saturday, 8.30, all you men that are here and all you men that may be watching, uh, was our men's breakfast at 8.30. Uh, there'll be some good food and some good fellowship, and there'll be a good devotion. Whoever brings it, it'll be a good devotion. I believe that. So I encourage you, if you can at all, uh, come and be a part of that. Next Sunday morning after, after the morning worship is going to be our annual Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, it will be back in the fellowship hall. Uh, the church is doing the meet and uh, all we're asking for, and there is a sign-up sheet for you to put down what you're bringing, uh, side dishes, desserts, those type things, vegetables, and uh, all of that kind of stuff, good stuff to go along with the, the turkey and the ham. And so um, I'm not sure about the roles, but maybe they've got that took care of. But we can ask and see uh, about that. So you might ask Brother Chasen or somebody that would know uh, about that. But we just want you to be here. Uh, and, and it's been said, bring somebody with you uh, if you can that doesn't. Maybe don't go to church, but say, hey, we're going to have a pretty good feed going on afterwards. Come and join us. And, you know. Be able to show them the fellowship that we have and also to show them the love of Jesus and that will hopefully bring them in. And so uh, remember that. Also remember 
if you will. Uh, Brother Ron McCaslin wanted us to remember that that Sunday night uh, we will be having a communion, Thanksgiving communion service. And uh, so we uh, want to remind you to be, be a busy day Sunday, but don't miss any of it. I believe the Lord will bless you for it as well. So let's uh, remember that. Uh, and there'll be now next week, there'll be no Wednesday, no, week, no Wednesday night service a week from tonight. Uh, so that all of you ladies that need to slave over the hot stove can, can be, get started on your, <laughs> or your men, whichever's do, you know. I mean, uh, it, I know recently it's been a case of, you know, the guys sit there and get a big pot of peanut oil and, and they deep fry the turkey. So, you know, whichever you do, it gives you a chance to, to either make plans to leave, be going, gone somewhere or to get things ready and not be rushed. So remember, uh, there'll be no church next Wednesday night. And then uh, I think it probably wouldn't hurt to uh, announce that uh, next Sunday, next Sunday morning, am I right, Brother Ron? The last Sunday, not next Sunday, but a week from Sunday, a week from Sunday, the 27th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the uh, uh, man, uh, name is David Meyer. And he will be coming and ministering to us Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then the following Sunday morning and Sunday night. Uh, and uh, we get a chance to, this is the, the person that our pulpit committee has uh, selected uh, to be the, to try out for as pastor for our church. Pray for us. Pray for this church. Let's pray for a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. And that when, as God, because we've been asking, and I believe that when we ask in faith believing, we can receive. We have been asking for God's choice. And I believe that if we'll pray and seek God's face, we'll know that we know. It's an old expression I remember from way back. Some of you older people, as little older than I remember this, we pray till we know that we know that we know we've heard from God. And it will be it will be fine. So uh, keep that in in your uh, in your in your mind on your calendars if you need to write it down. But let's remember those things as well. Brother Jason asked me also real quickly on the prayer request list if you will can find one and we'll look at it. If there's a name that you know needs to be taken off of that, uh, please let us know and let me know tonight. We'll I'll cross off the one I've got. And so Brother Jason wants to kind of update the prayer list. If you want, if you don't know, we'll leave them on there. They need the prayer, and, and we, we probably need to practice. <laughs> but, you know, because the Bible says pray always and pray one for another. So, but if you know of some that need to be added or if you know of some that the Lord is taking care of, I told him he can take my name off. My shoulder's doing pretty well, so I'm thankful for that. And, and blessed for that as well. So uh, if you would, take a look at that and let us know what, what you can, and I'll try to get that on to Brother Chasen as well. Speaking of our prayer list, we want to go to the Lord in prayer real quickly, to, not quickly, because God doesn't like us getting in a hurry. Sister Julie just said we've got to slow down. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> uh, but uh, remember these needs that are on our prayer list, and we're just going to believe God's still touching them and ministering in their hearts and in their lives. If there's a, if you have a need tonight that you'd like mentioned tonight, let's remember, uh, continue to remember Faith's sister and her husband. Uh, they have a very difficult health row 
to go through and it, it is not it's not looking good uh, the doctor's reports are not really encouraging for her sister and I'm not sure about uh, Ranger, but remember Sheila and Ranger in our prayers. Remember, just uh, and I think I will say this: remember them spiritually and physically as well. Okay, and we and we won't leave it that. So remember them. Anyone else have a request tonight, Brother Ron? Brother Ron. Okay. Oh no. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, let's remember, Brother Ron, that no side effects and that it'll do what they want it to do. And if it can't do what they want it to, God is more than able to fix it. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's remember Brother Ron in this tonight. Anyone else? Forgot a name for just a second. Bad. Is it uh, a kidney stone? I'm sorry. All right. So let's remember Mandy Cox in our prayers as well. I'm sure she would appreciate all the prayers she could get. Yes, he does. Yeah. yeah. He's a, he's good, isn't he? 
Yes, amen, amen. Thank the Lord for his goodness to us. Anyone else? All right. All right, let's just, uh, those of you, let's just join together in prayer over these needs tonight and for God just to move and guide and direct us. Father God, we come to you again to first of all give you thanks and honor and glory and praise for your healing power because that you are the God who heals us. That is your word to us. Your word also declares that by the stripes of Jesus we are and we were healed. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can have that as a reassurance in our heart and life that you are a God who cares not only about the spiritual but about the physical and the mental and the, and the other things, material things as well, Father, that we need for our, our life today. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, that as we come to you, we know that you are more than able to take care of every need and every heart and every life. Father, we pray over every request on this, uh, our prayer sheet, Father God, touch and heal sick bodies, continue to mend, continue to heal, lift them up, make them whole, Father God, and, and touch in hearts lives those that need uh, healing, Father God, those that need uh, uh, miracles in their lives, Father God, that only you can do. We thank you, Father, that you are on your throne, willing and able and ready to do what needs to be done in our hearts and lives. Father, we pray, uh, Lord, for our, our school systems. Lord, if this is a, a viral stomach bug going around, we pray, Father God, that you will just cause it to be arrested and to, to begin to cease and desist and to not affect our school children and, and cause a mass sickness and things Things, but Lord, that it'll just die out. And Father God, that you will just minister to it. Father, we pray for Lynn tonight, asking you, Lord, just to touch and heal his body, Lord, and lift him up. And in the name of Jesus, Father, we pray for Ron Stinson, Lord, and for this uh, um, new medicine. Father God, cause it to work like the doctors want it to without the side effects. Uh, and Father God, heal, Lord, what is, the, what is the root cause of the problem and make it whole in the name of Jesus. Lord, every every major artery, every vein, every muscle, everything that's affected with that heart, Father, we pray right now that it be healed and made whole in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for Jerry Atkins as he goes in for this kidney stone removal. Lord, you know his condition physically, but Father, we know that you are more than able to give him the strength to go through this. Uh, and Lord, and if possible, Father, you're even able to break that stone up and cause it to leave his body, Lord, without it ever having the surgeon ever having to touch his body. And just pray healing over him, spirit, soul, and body. Lift him up, keep him encouraged, keep him strengthened. And Lord, help him to know that there are those that are holding him up in prayer and that, Lord, it is an encouragement to him, Lord, and may he sense that in his heart and in his life and may everything go well, Father, uh, for him we pray. Well, we pray for Mandy. Lord, thank you for... The, the situation that occurred, Lord, that it occurred at the moment in time when it could be taken care of immediately. Lord, besides the surgery, we just thank you that it got caught and that it was being able to be taken care of. And we just pray speedy recovery in her body, Lord, spirit, soul, and body. Lift her up and Lord, may her healing be made well known to those around. And we know and will realize that it was God who made it possible. And Sister Linda said that it was you who caused them to wait just a little while and then this thing happened and 
where it could be taken care of. And Father, we know that you are so mindful of us and we thank you for that, Father God. Lord, continue to guide and direct us. And Father, I pray, Lord, as we get into your word tonight, Lord, that you will just anoint it with the Holy Ghost and with power. And the Lord, that every heart in life, Lord, will be touched, not only those here tonight, but those that will hear this message, Lord, tonight or in the future, and that it will touch their hearts and it will touch their lives, Father God, and that you, We'll receive all the honor and the glory and the praise for it in Jesus' name. And the church of the Lord Jesus Christ said, Amen and Amen. If I have a title, and I usually kind of do because I know Sherry likes to put them on her little CD thing. But a title of this tonight would be, I would call it God's Glory. I got to thinking the other night, and it wasn't, just because of, of the message that, that was given and, and the person that interpreted it. But the, 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 the thing that struck me was God said, I want to show you my glory. I want to show you my glory. I don't want to show it to you in a greater way than you've ever known before. And I got to thinking about that and I'm going, okay, Lord, you want to do it. What is our responsibility in this? What is, how is, is there a plan? Is there a, if you will, a step-by-step thing or things that need to be in place for that to occur? We stop and think about it and the more I thought about this and the more I looked at this and, 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 and I see in this particular passage of scripture, I see a similarity to one in the New Testament. And I want to try to tie them together. But if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. And I am going to, when I find this, I've lost my page. <clears throat> I was doing something. No, I didn't. Here it is. Got it marked. <clears throat> 2 Chronicles chapter 5, starting at verse 11. We'll read verse 11 through verse 14, which is the ending of that chapter. Let me kind of set the, the stage of what's going on here. Solomon has been given the task of building the temple of God. There are instructions. God, I think, has already got most everything in place. If I remember my Bible correctly, David started accumulating the materials even as he was king. He wanted to build the, uh, the temple for God. But God says, you're, you're a man of war. You're a man of blood. I, need, I want somebody else to do it, but your son will do it. God had all of the, the blueprints already lined out. He had all the dimensions already lined out. Everything was already set in place. And so as, as the kingdom of, of Israel grew and as they began to develop, it came time for Solomon to begin building and having built the temple of the Lord God. The temple where God would, with his presence, they would hopefully would see. The place where they would hopefully uh, remember to worship God, to remember who he was. I love that that second song Sister Julie talked about. I came to worship you. I came to praise your name, to raise your name. In other words, the whole thing is I realize it's not both songs. If you stop and think about both of those songs tonight that Sister Julie led us in, they were songs that focused on Jesus. That's the whole point. 
That's the reason the church exists across the world is that people are pointed to Jesus. I think if I'm not mistaken, my Bible reading in, in the, those that do the U version, they have the, the scripture, but the scripture, if I'm not mistaken today, was talking about Jesus and his disciples. And he said, you know, I'm going away, you know, and, and you're gonna follow me. And they said, where are you going and how are we gonna know how to get there? And what Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he is. That's the whole point of what it was. What we do in our lives, how we live our lives each and every day, how we walk, how we do our business, how we conduct ourselves, not just in the house of God, but outside these four walls, says a lot to the world about what we think about God. There's a lot of people watching there's a lot of people that are looking to see if this thing called Christianity has any validity to it whatsoever. It's not a religion. How many times do you hear preachers tell you that? But it is not a religion, it's a relationship. So they're building the temple. The temple has been built. The, the first parts of the chapter uh, of chapter five, uh, the Chapter 1, uh, verse 1 says, Thus all the work that Solomon did for the house of the Lord was finished. He had done all that he had done. He read the blueprints. He laid them out. They built it exactly like God said build it. They made it as, as probably, I would think, they probably made it even more special than, than Solomon's own palace was. Because the thing about it was, that was to be their focus not the building itself but that was to where they would, could look to and could remember oh that's where God is that's where we go to worship God that's where we go to fellowship with one another and, and renew our strength and, and encourage each other that's what the church was designed for when Jesus told Peter on that day when he asked him, who do you say that I am? And Peter in his confession said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus looks at him and said, blessed are you Simon Barjona for flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my father which is in heaven. And you're Peter and on this rock, what rock? The confession that Jesus is the Christ. He is the son of God. And he said, Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He had, he bought a church and he paid for a church that was victorious, that was willing to fight, that was willing to stand up and say, this is what God's word says. And it doesn't make any difference what the circumstances look like. It doesn't make any difference how big the giant is. It doesn't make any difference how hot the furnace is. It doesn't make any difference at all. God said this and I'm going to abide by what he said. Growing up in, in, in church, there was, I've heard this expression more than once, people would get into situations and they'd, they'd go looking for a Bible and the Lord would give them a verse and that I've heard this more than once, I'm standing on that verse. And more often than not, God would come through just like he said. He, they stood on his word. I got, I, I thought about this real quickly. My mother had always said, my mother, and all of this COVID stuff before she got, never got COVID. Never did. 
She said, I'm not going to get it. The word says this plague shall not come by my dwelling. And that's the way, <laughs> that's the way it is. And she did. You know, she never did. I, I thought about that. Uh, I've seen, you know, and hear so much stuff. And I think, Lord, you have been so good to us and to her, you know. And tonight, she's way better life, got way better life and living than you and I've got right now. And we may be not bad, bad off, but I'm telling you what, to be in the presence of the Lord is something to be envied in, in a way. But they have brought the ark into the temple. Solomon assembles the elders. They bring the ark into the temple and they make it so that they can get that ark where it belongs without anybody going in that most holy place. And we pick this up in verse 11. Actually, let me go back and read you verse 6 real quick. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who had assembled before him were before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and oxen that they could not be counted or numbered. Now, I want you to notice that little phrase, all of the, all of the congregation of Israel. This was a special day for them. This was a day of celebration. And it was going to be a day of mighty things that they were going to see. Verse 11. And when the priests came out of the holy place, for all the priests who were present had consecrated themselves without regard to their divisions. Uh, one the the New Living says that they were... Um, all the priests that they had consecrated themselves regardless of their divisions. As I understand it, there were 24 hour, uh, I can't fi find the right word in my head. Uh, it's, their, their time limit was that was a 24 hour work day, if you will, for lack of a better word. You know, it was their, their, their time of duty was for 24 hours. And then the next division, and the next division, and the next division. So that the temple was always being ministered into and through. And they were, but this says that the entire, and I'm, for lack of a better word, I'm going to call the entire college of priests were present. Not only were they present, but the Bible tells us that they had consecrated themselves. If I'm not mistaken, I think the King James Version said they had sanctified themselves, purified themselves for this, for this point in time. And all the Levitical singers, Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun, and their sons and kinsmen, arrayed in fine linen with cymbals, harps, and lyres, stood east of the altar with 120 priests who were trumpeters. I don't know, do we have any band kids in here? I'm one. <laughs> Can you imagine what 120 trumpets going off at the same time? You talk about a, you talk about a, get your attention. They can do it. The, the school that my girls went to um, uh, was probably a little, is a 2A school at Conawa, but the band director had such a reputation not only as a band director in the state of Oklahoma, but he had a, a, a reputation of fairness and, and firmness with those kids. They, they had, there were times that we, anywhere time we took our school, our school band anywhere, it took two 
large school buses to haul them. They had at times as many as 100 kids. You get 100 kids playing instruments under a good director, and I mean, they can just make, for me, they make chills run up and down my, my arms. I, I love it. I just love the sound of it. But 120 trumpeters, just think about all of this. They had all consecrated themselves for this particular point in time. And it was the duty of the trumpeters and singers to make themselves heard in unison in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. And when the song was raised with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments in praise to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. The house, uh, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. I see some things in here that I think I, I want us to look at, if you will. Notice that the first thing that we notice here, the whole congregation of Israel is there. The entire congregation of priests, however many there were of them, had assembled themselves. The priests had consecrated themselves. They had gotten themselves, in our language today, they had prayed through. They had gotten, we don't, you hear that very often anymore, but they had gotten to the place where they had prayed through, they had consecrated themselves, they had done the things that God said they needed to do to come into his presence. Church, if we are ever going to see anything happen of any great value or of any great impact at all, we are going to have to, first of all, ourselves be consecrated unto God. We have got to have clean hands. We have got to have a pure heart. We have got to be humble before God, realizing that it's he who has made us, not we ourselves. There are no self-made people. I don't care what they call themselves. They're not self-made. God gave them the abilities. God gave them the talents. I can envy Brother Clint because Brother Clint could probably tear a car apart from one bumper to the end of the other bumper and put it all back together and it'd run right. You don't want to see me do that. But front bumper will probably be on the back and, and the windows will be upside down. The doors will be, you know. I'm, I, I can do a few things, but I don't have that ability. All of us have a special ability that God has given us. We've got special interests. We've got special things that we can do. But they had consecrated themselves to God. What is the thing that's going to make any church great? Well, if we get one of the best preachers in the country, no. When the people get consecrated, when the people get hungry enough for God to sit there and seek his face and to fall, call on his face. I remember hearing stories, and I've seen this happen in churches that I've gone to. I remember the stories long ago of people, then they would have revivals. They would be out in the woods, and they would be praying and asking God and seeking God. And when they got into the, to the brush arbor, if you will, when they got into the church, God move. Why? Because they'd sought God's face. Yes. Amen. They looked for him. They wanted him because God is only going to go where he's wanted. He's only going to show up where he's wanted. But these people had consecrated themselves. 
They had purified themselves. They had made it their duty that this is, we want, not only, it can't be just because we have to. You know, though the story is told, you know, about the guy that says, I just don't want to go to that church this morning. They don't like me. They don't care about me. And they don't listen to what I say. And, you know, and his wife says, well, hon, you got to go. You're the pastor. You can't do it that way, church. We can't do it that way as church members, as Christians. If we belong to a church, we need to be at the house of God because we want to be. Not because we expect it to be. Not because we have to be. It's got to be a want to thing. It's a relationship thing. They had done their thing. The second thing was they had come prepared. The second thing was that the trumpeters and singers, Sister Julie has stepped out, but I, 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 need, I will apologize to her in front of y'all and, and to those that watch this. There are times, and, and I'm sorry to say this, there are times I catch myself just singing the words and not paying attention to what I'm singing about. Now, maybe you're not guilty of that. If you're not, you're, you're good people. But I will catch myself sometimes, and I've thought about this. Lord, I am so sorry. because, And, and I thought about this. I am going to focus on what Sister Julie is leading us in. I'm going to focus in what our worship team is directing us in and realize that I'm talking to Jesus. When you and I are singing songs, we're talking to Jesus. The Bible says this, uh, to me, I, I would love to be able, really, honestly, sometimes to be able to go back in time. I would love to be standing on the outskirts of this whole congregation, this whole event, because I suspect with all of my heart it was the greatest thing because they sang in unison and everybody knew the song and everybody understood the words and everybody just it began the praise of God. You stop thinking about that whole congregation of, of people and singers. They were musicians. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. But why were they doing it? They were doing it because of their service to God. Now there is a pattern. You notice we sing a lot of songs around here. It's important. It gets us ready for what God is going to do. It gets us ready for what God is going to say. It gets us at a place where, hey, I'm, I'm kind of, God's getting us focused. Because when he's ready to speak through a minister, through the uh, 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 tongues and the interpretation of tongues, a word of knowledge, whatever, it, God is getting us ready to hear him and preparing us and say, listen to what I have to say and listen carefully and, and not only listen, but do what I tell you to do. The singers and the trumpeters, I wrote this, they perform together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. There is nothing that I enjoy more listening to than a good high school, college band. I, I love, when, as youngster, when the, the networks would show the halftime show that's all I ever watched college football for I did not watch it for the football game I couldn't care less about the football game I wanted to watch the college band and her halftime show 
I realize it takes a lot of time and effort. It takes a lot of time and effort for these high school bands. If they're doing a halftime show at the football game, they have worked their selves off. They're maybe not as hard as the football players, but they've put time and hours of learning the music, of learning the routine. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's eight steps to five yards, or it used to be. When I was in high school, it was eight steps. I got to where I could mark off five yards just as easy as anybody. But when it got to where you had to make that turn, it's like, oh, okay, you know. But you learned it. You went over it, and you went over it, and you went over it. I don't know how long they practiced, but I suspect with all my heart they did some practicing, and when they got together, they did it in unison, and it was glorious, and it was magnificent. But preacher, I can't sing. That's not the point. The point is if it comes from our heart. I worked for a man many years ago. We, uh, a lot of most of what we did, concrete work, most of it was uh, pool decks. You know, those underground pools. And then we'd, we'd pour the, the, the deck around it, the concrete deck around it. And there's time, one time he was singing. He said, you, he said I, I hope you don't mind. He said, I can't sing very well. He said, but I do like to. And I told him, I said, it doesn't matter. Because he loved to sing songs of praise to God. I said, it doesn't matter whether you feel like you can sing or not. If it comes from your heart, God enjoys listening to it. It doesn't have, I've heard people, bless their heart, couldn't carry a tune in a bucket with a lid on it. But they, they praise the Lord. Y'all remember Dennis? The, the little fellow? He blessed his heart. But you know, the thing about it was it came out of his heart. It did not matter that it didn't match. It did not matter that it wasn't on time or wasn't in tune. There's nothing wrong with being in tune. There, you know, every once in a while, I, when I, I you know, get out here early, if I'm doing the, the words back there, you know, I'll, I'll hear somebody go, eh. I'm going, oh, that, that one just didn't quite match. You know, you spend, you spend, six years in the band you you learn you know eight years you learn when that note's just not exactly quite what it ought to pianos out of tune really jar my <laughs> really jarred me but they were in tune they were in unison do you see a pattern they came they were consecrated they were prepared they were ready to hear from god they were ready to meet with god they begin to sing what does the bible say they sing they sing praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. Praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. My wife and I are two totally different people when it comes to this. I do a lot of singing. A lot of times I'll sing it in my head, you know, or I'll sing it softly. My wife can't help it. When she hears a song on the radio, and she's got to have the radio, I, I, I just, I'm thankful she's finally learned to turn the radio off when she gets out of her car. Because I go in there and start that thing and it nearly blows you right back out of the car. It's so loud. She just, you know, that's, that's her thing. It's fine. And she doesn't mind helping them sing on the way down there. You know, and she went in the car and boy, I mean, she's just letting her rip. Why? But that's all right. Why? Because it's not because she's trying to be loud. It's just because she, that's how she praises God. But notice they came ready. They sang first. Does it sound familiar? But I like the next part. They sang with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments in praise to the Lord for he is good. 
His steadfast love endures forever. That was their song. That was the gist. Boy, it was God, his love, his faithfulness, his steadfast love. The house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not stand to minister. One of the, the, the translations I have says they could not do, they could not perform their service because of the cloud. I looked at that word and it said, for the glory of the Lord had filled the temple of God. I looked up that word glory in the Greek, not the Greek, I was, was gonna say that backwards, in Hebrew. The word, and I'm not going to try to tell you what the Greek, the Hebrew word is. It it's, at, looks like it's supposed to be pronounced kabod, but C-A-W-B-O-D-E. But now whether that's, I don't know. I don't do, I don't do Jewish very well, <laughs> or Hebrew very well. But it, what it means is weightiness. Now there was a cloud. Have, you stop and think. Let me do real quick. You remember when God gave the the, the law to, to Moses? What happened on that cloud, on that mountain? God descended on that mountain in a cloud. He descended, and but it says here the priest could not do their job in essence because of the power and the presence of God. What we experienced here tonight, church, for just a little bit, and it was still going, is his glory. Now, it's not to the point that, you know, we're, we're, we can't do our, our service. We, you know, I like, think God would like sometimes just to sit there and get so powerful on top of us, we, all we can do is just sit there. Just sit there because you all you can do, there have been times I have been in services where the power and the presence of God was so real, all I want to do was just shut up and sit down. I, because there's not words to explain it. There's not words enough to praise him. There, I don't have the vocabulary and my, my abilities to praise him adequately enough when I sense that. And I know it. But they did that because that thick cloud filled the temple. Chapter 6 talks about and records Solomon's blessing the people in his prayer of dedication. Now it appears, now I'm just going to tell you this, this appears in verse 7, it appears to happen again. And I'll, we'll look at this in chapter 7, verse 1. As soon as Solomon finished his prayer, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. Mm -hmm. That would be impressive. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple and the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. That's why I think this maybe is two separate instances. It may not be. He may have just repeated himself, I don't know. But the first one he says that they could not do their job. The second one he says they could not even enter the temple because of the power and the presence of God in that place. Can I encourage you and I tonight? God still wants to show up just like that. I'll tell you what, it reminds me a lot and maybe it's 
I, I, I can't help but think about the 120 in an upper room on the day of Pentecost. The Bible says they were in one mind and one accord. They had consecrated themselves. Jesus had told them, wait and for the promise that's coming. But they were there, they were praying, they were seeking God, they were connected. They were united in their ability. They were in unity. They were 120 separate people that had different outlooks, different mannerisms. They were different characters. But the thing about it was they were in unity. And the Bible says suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they stood. And there appeared as it were cloven tongues upon them like as of fire. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And it goes on to say that Peter stood up and preached a sermon and 3,000 people got saved that, that day. You talk about the glory of God. That's what God wants to do. When he shows up in his glory, when he shows up in his power, it is not just to make us feel good. And it does. Don't misunderstand me. It's a feel-good situation. But the whole point about it is, is to get people to come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord of their life. It can be done. Oh, but preacher, we live in 2022. We are far too sophisticated. We have too much technology. We have this, that, and the other. It does not matter. God has not changed. He will not change. Chapter 7 is the chapter that we, re we repeat a lot. There's a verse in there, chapter verse 14, where God told Solomon, if my people, my people, he didn't talk, wasn't talking about the world. He wasn't talking about the unsaved. If my people who are called by my name will repent and turn from their wicked ways and call upon me, I will hear their cry and I will heal their land. Is it a formula? To a degree, yes. Those criteria, I believe, have to be met. We have to be consecrated. We have to be dedicated. We have to want God to do it. Well, what if there's just a few of us that want it and the rest of them don't? That's their problem. They need to take that up with God. I'm firmly, Carol, I'm firmly convinced that if people will get up, it doesn't make any difference if it's five or 25 or 250 that want to get together and seek God to do something, God will do it. Yeah. He'll do it for them. You remember what Abraham did when Lot was over in Sodom and Gomorrah God told him what he was going to do. And he said, Lord, if there's 50, will you spare it? He said, yeah, 50, I'll do it. He said, uh, can I bother you? Kind of, you know, uh, can I ask? Another? How about 40? How about 30? How about 20? How about 10? You know, he kept, you know, whittling God down. God said, if there's 10 righteous people in Sodom, I'll save it. I will not destroy it. There weren't. That's the sad part, there weren't. But you know what? Abraham intervened. He listened. He saved his, he saved his nephew. His nephew'd made a wrong turn. Does not, re does not 
That's the word I'm looking for. It slipped my mind. Does not relieve us of the responsibility of seeking God. Who's he looking for? He, Jesus said, when I come, will I find faith? What does his glory do? His glory, when he comes, first of all, it brings people to Jesus. Secondly, it also heals. It delivers. Where the power and the presence of God is, there is healing, there is deliverance, there is all kinds of, of miraculous signs and wonders. We live in a day and an age regardless of the technology and, and I'm not knocking technology don't misunderstand me but we still live in a day when God wants to save people's souls heal sick bodies minister to troubled minds and troubled spirits God, tonight, I thank you, Lord, for what you've laid on our heart. Thank you, Lord, for ministering, Lord, through not only the music that pointed us this direction, but, Lord, your word. Help us, God, not to, to give up on experiencing what you want to do in our hearts and in our lives. Father, I pray right now that as every Christian here is praying for those that are lost, that, are lost, that do not know Jesus as Savior and Lord of their life. Father, help me, Lord, to speak to them for a moment. This glory that I talk about, the first place it starts is in the heart and life of an individual when they commit themselves to Jesus, when they make Jesus Savior and Lord of their life. How do you do that? You simply say, Jesus, I need you to come into my life. I've made a mess of it. I've made a mess of it for years. But I believe that you, I hear people talk about how good you are. I hear people talk about that you can save me. I need you to save me. I need you to come into my heart, into my life, and help me and change me from the inside out to be the person that you want me to be. Become, then you, you can do that. You can make him save you, Lord. He wants you in his kingdom. The thing that he wanted with the children of Israel, the thing that he wants today is a relationship. They built that temple so that they could remember that's where God is. And if I have problems, I go to God or I can look to that place where it is. And I'm really, it's not the place, but it's who dwells in that place that I'm talking to. Jesus is as close as the mention of his name. Maybe all you could do is say, Jesus, Jesus, I need you. And when you do, he is more than willing and he will come and talk with you and help you and all you have to do is talk to him like you would somebody else. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to sound wonderful. You just have to be yourself and say, Lord, I need you and I want to be part of your family and if you'll do that, he will. Father, I pray for those Lord that have heard this tonight that maybe need to make Jesus Savior Lord of their life. I pray, Father God, that right now when they hear this, even tonight, Lord, or in the future when they maybe see this again as it's rebroadcast or they pull it up on their computer screen, Father, help them, Lord, just to say, I need you, Jesus. And then no, Father, help us to just, 
But if I could do it, Lord, I would, but I want them to be convinced that, Father, when they call on the name of Jesus, Jesus will show up. Jesus will be what he wants them to be. Lord, save lost souls. Lord, touch and deliver those that the enemy has held captive. And Father, we just pray right now that that captivity that says keeping them in bondage is now broken in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And they are free to make Jesus Savior and Lord of their life. And Father God, we thank you for what you are doing and are going to do for your honor and your glory and your praise. In Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. The Lord bless you. Remember, you're walking with God because he's walking with you. The Lord bless you all. Have a great week. Who tells the sun to rise every morning? Colors the sky with the shades of his glory. Jesus does.